Welcome to Viewpoints podcast brought to you by Equature, the leading provider of public safety software and training. We are an international leader in public safety training and technology with products geared toward providing tools to help responders stay safe and educated. For those of you who are new to our podcast, we offer these podcasts with a variety of guests geared toward public safety topics, as well as monthly webinars. Today, we are joined by retired chief police, chief of police, Jimmy Perdue. Jimmy joins us from Texas with over 40 years of experience in local government with a wide variety of experiences and training. Uh, one of the projects that Jimmy worked on was facilities. Specifically speaking today, uh, we're going to talk about PSAP consolidations, uh, a topic the near and dear to my own heart. Uh, Jimmy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you and good morning. I'm glad to be here. Uh, you and I have chatted quite a bit about PSAP consolidations, um, a fair amount. Uh, mm -hmm. We've seen them done right, and we've seen them done wrong. Yes. Uh, the successes that people have really depend on how aware they are of the pitfalls before the project even begins of what happens when you bring two entities together. Um, so let's just chat about that. Uh, you know, there are really solid arguments regarding consolidations or regionalizations. Uh, those are kind of different, but people use those words, you know, pretty interchangeably. Uh, some agencies I personally have talked to have stated their primary reasons is financial savings. What can you offer um, to agencies who feel that way? Well, uh, and again, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk about this, because like you, as I, I'm pretty passionate about it uh, from a, a, a small historical context. We uh, uh, down here in Texas, we did our consolidation about uh, 11 years ago, uh, and we actually uh, really went off. We uh, consolidated four agencies together uh, on our PSAP. So it was a pretty massive undertaking to bring everything together. Uh, and much like on the question you talked about financial, that was one of the considerations uh, that we did. And we uh, were able to save a considerable amount of, of money over the, over the last 11, 12 years. In fact, uh, we uh, commissioned a study a few years back, or sorry, last year, uh, for a local college to do an analysis of how much money we saved. And over those six years, over those 11 years, we saved almost $6 million in uh, money wow. to the four different agencies. And most of that was from uh, uh, savings and on staffing, because uh, very simply, when we uh, you combine the four, our four cities together, there were over uh, 40 FTEs uh, employed. And when you combine it together, we were able to operate the center uh, with less than about 25 uh, total. So you can see just that immediate uh, impact is pretty significant. And then there's also the uh, uh, the consolidation of equipment. Uh, no longer do you have to buy four different CADs or four different uh, uh, equipment, uh, four different issue, all those sort of things that are multiplications when you have separate entities like that. Uh, that's one of the big advocates for a consolidation. There are many, many others, but from a financial standpoint, there is no question that that works out well. And But again, a lot of that comes back to understanding what you're trying to achieve at the very beginning. And, uh, taking the time to understand the implications and what you're trying to accomplish is a big, big part of this and something I would advocate uh, people need to research before they dive into it. 
Yeah, the economies of scale is is big. I've the I have I've seen that not be quite as big when agencies are so understaffed to begin with. Um, yeah, you know that they've got to staff up just just to bring the agencies together. Yeah, and that's and that's true. And we're again, uh, we did this now 11, 12 years ago, and when we did it. Uh, everybody was fully staffed. So you know, we didn't have that issue. In fact, what we actually did was over the course, we was about a two year, uh, 18 months, a two year cycle when we started the discussions and then we, before we finally did it. And during that process, uh, there were, we used the opportunity to not fill positions as positions would become available. Uh, we would just choose not to fill those positions in individual cities. So we were very adamant about not letting anyone lose their job through that process. Uh, everybody was going to have the opportunity to come over. Some people chose to retire or, or to change jobs, and we just didn't feel it. So when we actually came to the to the day of converting over, um, we only had to bring together a, a smaller number because we were had already absorbed those vacancies in the uh, in the the preceding 18 months. So we were trying to be very uh, intentional about it and make sure the employees take care because it is, it is a very stressful thing for employees that there's no question about it. When you're bringing together uh, people from other agencies, you know, uh, how are they going to, how's their vacation going to carry over? How's their sick leave? All those sort of very small details are very significant to the employees. So you, it's not just about equipment. You've always got to keep the people at the forefront so you can make sure that it is well received by everybody. Right. Uh, and and to do that, you have to get buy-in from stakeholders, um, and that can sometimes, uh, as I experienced, uh, prove to be difficult. Uh, now, you talked about the employees. Uh, my own experience uh, has been with unions. I don't know. Did you did you have unions uh, where you where you were doing your consolidation? No, in in, in Texas, we are uh, a. a, a right to work states. So unions, while they, they exist, but they don't exist in the same uh, format that they do in a lot of uh, in other parts of the country. Uh, and so we didn't have to deal with uh, union contracts or union agreements or things like that. Uh, you know, I, I would say that if you go back and look at what we did, uh, you know, I, I would say we took care of our, all the employees. Uh, in fact, there are still, I've got four employees that are still working for us now because we we were the uh the receiver of all the employees everybody came to us uh and they're still working here uh have been our now our employees for over over 12 years in addition to the 10 or 15 years they did at those other places so uh i, I think we've proven that we have uh, provided the employees the benefits that they needed looked after their protection uh gave them credit for their time that they had in the other places and did all the things that my assumption, never having worked in a union uh, world, uh, that would be part of what a union person, if they were to come in here, I would think that they would look and go, yes, they took care of their employees. So that, I've never had experienced that, but I understand that's something you have to consider. Yeah. And it sounds like you did a really great job um, when I was dealing with, for, for agencies who are looking at consolidations, there's so much to consider with unions. Um what I've seen with unions is several different things. My first experience was um, the agency that I was with, the union voted to bring on the new agency um, and leave their seniority intact. Um, that's the only time I've ever seen that in all the other consolidations I've seen. So 
that other agency came in and they they slid in and they they so they came in above other people. Um, that was pretty phenomenal. Um, I I was really impressed with with how um, my employees took on the new agency. Um, another consolidation that I did, uh, we created a new agency from three agencies, existing agencies. They all came to the new mm-hmm. agency. Uh, and we took the union contract from the biggest agency and modified it. And so all of the employees that came, um, that's the that's the contract that was used. Uh, but everybody started, except for the biggest agency, everybody started um, kind of at the bottom. Uh, that was that was kind of different. Also, you know, everyone kind of had the same start date. Um, so, uh, so we kind of had to score them. We had to interview them. We had a panel of interviews and, and how they came in, you know, one, two, three, four, five, that's where their seniority was. And it was all on the same date. Uh, and then the other way I've seen it is, um, you know, you're welcome to apply. Uh, now I've never been in a, in a agency that consolidated like that, but you know, we're going to consolidate your agency into ours and you are welcome to apply. Um, and that's, you know, that's always uncomfortable for the agency sure. that's going to be folding. But those are the different ways I've seen it. Um, so it, yeah, we, it can be. We, uh, it, it can be pretty dr- dramatic. And we I've seen it both ways. Uh, starting a new agency where everybody comes to this day one. As I said, we made sure we we told we were committed to all employees. Everybody was that wanted to come was going to have a job, and we kind of followed that first format you talked about. We took our seniority and we took everybody's seniority, and we just wherever they fit, they fit. And so when they came in here, somebody who had twenty years of service at uh, another department started here with twenty years of seniority as far as uh, time off things like that. It was it, it was it wasn't. Everybody loved it that way, um, but I thought that it was the most fair way to to honor the employees' work that they had done at the other places. Uh, and over the last 10, 12 years, it's proven to be pretty pretty good. Yeah, I I agree. I like that. Um, the one agency that I consolidated before the consolidation, one of the lieutenants came over uh, with a stack of employee files, and he says, okay, so you're getting all of our employees Thank goodness. So we talk about buy-in from stakeholders. <laughs> and he, he took their employee files and he said, this one's great. We should have fired this one. We should have fired this one. We should have fired this one. I, I finally looked at him and I said, why didn't you? He said, well, we knew this consolidation was coming eventually. And we figured whoever yeah. we hired to do your job, you could do it. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Boy, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, but when uh-huh. you're talking to PSAPs and government officials, what is your advice on getting the stakeholders together? You know, it's, I mean, it's really hard for chiefs and government officials sometimes to give up that what they view as power and control. I mean, that lieutenant, he was, <laughs> yay, you're getting rid of my PSAP. Um, but not everybody feels that way. What what kind of advice do you have um, to? to get that cooperative, collaborative feeling going. 
Yeah, I I I tell you, like a lot of things, like you know, it's it's kind of we talk about policing in general. Is that you know the time to develop a relationship with your community is not during a disaster. Uh, and I would say that same thing applies on a consolidation. The time to develop relationships to achieve a successful consolidation is not when you want to do it. It's it's before that. You know, I I knew all of my uh, fellow chiefs. Uh, there were three other chiefs, and we were all had been friends for years. We all worked closely together, had great relationships, and and so we trusted each other and knew that what we were trying to accomplish was the best thing. Um, and so I I kind of took the lead and reached out to each one of them and had conversations. And of course, I had my research to prove what we could do and uh, and how the math would work because everybody wants to know two things. One is, it you know, what's it going to cost me? Uh, and secondly, what is the operational, um, what are we going to lose or what are we going to get get out of this thing? Uh, and I was able to show them both that it was financially uh, a good thing based on the preliminary numbers. Uh, and that ultimately they were not going to lose. They were actually going to gain a lot because we were the largest of the four agencies. And so they we had resources that they did not have access to that all of a sudden they were going to be, get access to. Um, you know, a, a little small thing, we actually went beyond the piece that we actually combined our, our jail services as well. So we did, we really bit off on it. We did both uh, the dispatch and then we became the central repository for all prisoners uh, for the four agencies before they go to the county. So uh, we are now, a, and we've actually, through all that, the chiefs actually took the next step of, of dropping borders on priority one calls. So we now help each other when it comes to delivering calls. And that relationship has just continued. But, but back to your original question about the initial thing is about developing those trust relationships so that when they when you come to them, they know you're not just in a power grab. You're actually there to try to help uh, them achieve a better service. And then once you get them individually on board, uh, I spent a lot of time uh, talking to individual council members of those cities, the the city managers, the mayors, all the, the understanding. Because most people don't really understand they and uh, what goes on when the phone rings you know where does it ring frankly most people really don't care uh, at least in our community they they just want to call have somebody answer and then have a police show up uh, as you and i've talked about some cities have gotten very uh, parochial about the protection of their own you know officer bob or officer Jones. and and the reality is that's not going to change uh the person that answered the phone i i'll, I'll tell you one quick story that that probably in, indicative of is Shortly after we had this happen, the mayor of one of the cities called in a, a traffic complaint at one of the things. And so he called in and said, this is Mayor Bob at the city. And the dispatcher went, OK, because she didn't know Mayor Bob. She didn't know anything about it because she wasn't from that city. And, and he was very offended that his mayor title didn't get him special treatment. And so I had to uh, work through the mechanics of that, the politics of that. Uh, but it's the reality is that we treat everybody equally because it's we're somewhat of a neutral uh, third party uh, provider of services and we give everybody the same service. And so it worked. It's worked out OK. But those sort of politics have to are part of the reality of everything. Yeah, I, I'm really glad you mentioned that. I've also run into the politics and I worked really um, hard with the dispatchers to try and at least have them identify the names of the mayors. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. when the mayors called of the cities, they, you know, they, they knew uh, the first consolidation I worked with, we had 
um, 19 townships. Well, that's a lot of township supervisors and, yes. you know, I, so I finally just said, if someone calls and says they're a township supervisor, um, just say, okay, yeah. because, because learning all the names of the township supervisors, I mean, that's, that's a lot of work. Um, it is. Yeah, we had that same conversation. Just, just if they, if they throw a title out, you know, pretend if nothing else that you know who they are and, and act like you're impressed who they are and, and it'll all be fine. <laughs> so it'll all be fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, you know, one of the softer benefits that uh, come along that, that people can share with stakeholders is um, we, we, you know, m- most people seem to be really concerned about money, uh, the financial aspect, mm-hmm. but you put all these agencies together and the dispatchers themselves are going to have more exposure to more calls. And so they're going to be better just because they have a higher call volume. And I don't think people always realize that um, just that the dispatchers will be more efficient. No, no question about it. They're they're And again, one of the agencies that we combine is a, is a relatively small community, uh, you know, about, about 7000 population. And so the, those dispatchers that work there uh, are just never going to be exposed or rarely be exposed to anything of any significance. And so uh, when something does happen and they always happen, and regardless of the size of the city, they're not overly prepared to handle it. To your point, now that you know the volume that we have work that we have coming in here, uh, and the experience that they have of handling multiple uh, crises on a on a weekly basis, it when something happens, not, not to minimize it, but they're kind of it's just the next crisis that they, they just handle it and then move forward. And so the service they provide to the citizens as well as to the officers uh, is actually significantly more than they would have ever received before. And, and and I think that that took a little time to for people to understand that. Um, and, you know, and one of the biggest challenges uh, and to go kind of back to your other question about uh, putting it together is, and this is a, something that all chiefs uh, and all policymakers have to be willing to do is because you can't operate a consolidated PSAP with multiple policies. Everybody's got to agree on certain things, you know, that, that a cert- this type of call is going to be handled this way, this type of call is going to be handled this way. Uh, and to come up with that shared policy is very cr- important for the dispatchers because otherwise... They're, the poor things can't remember, you know, do I send one unit here, two units here? And so we all as chiefs have to be willing to give up a little bit for the betterment of the, of the whole. Um, and and when we did that. We went sure and we made sure we didn't say it's our policy and that's the way it's going to be. We went through each and every policy, each and every response, each and all those sort of things to come up with a, a, a something we all agree on so that the dispatchers could only learn one way to do things. Uh, and that's really critical to a successful uh, PSAP consolidation, in my opinion. Absolutely. I agree. Um, and and you need to include the dispatchers in that mix as well when you're doing, or at least somebody, you know, a representative from the dispatch center. And so that brings me to my next question. Um, and as I said, you know, we've seen consolidations go well and we've seen them, you know, go mm-hmm. bumpy. Um yes. The one of the consolidations that I was involved in, the city did not want to tell the dispatchers. In fact, the chief's comment was, I'm not telling them 
and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to quit before I tell him. And he was all for it. He just didn't want them to know because, you know, he treasured them and he thought it would be hurtful to them. Uh, And he literally didn't tell them Uh, contract negotiations were already going on uh, and their union business agent sent them a copy of the contract that they would be working under and their union president was working, received it on the facts. That's how they found out. Wow. I mean, they'd heard the rumors, but they didn't know for sure. They found out on the fax machine and I was, that was just so wrong. That's that so is wrong. wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there's a fear when you're doing consolidations um, when they should be brought into the mix because if you bring them in too soon, well, are, is everyone going to quit? Uh, so, I mean, I have, I have a thought. I, I want to get your idea first. When should you bring your dispatchers and supervisors into the mix of a consolidation? Uh, to me, is earlier the earliest possible would be my answer. Specifically, once you have buy-in from the the uh, the, the people who make the decision makers, once you've got the chiefs uh, and the city managers really that okay, yes, we're committed to moving forward with this process. That's when you've got to bring them in, in on, on board, and you know, and that has got to be done very very carefully as well. Because uh, to understand, because they're, they're all thinking, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my seniority? Uh, you know, what's what's going to happen? They they are the most uh, at uh, have at risk of the whole process, and so I just think it's unhealthy, uh, both for the individual and for the organization, for them to sit down there in in, in ignorance and in darkness and not know what's happening about their careers and their livelihood and 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 their jobs. And then secondly, you need them, the people actually doing the work, to help you make sure that it's a successful transition. Because if, if people aren't going to stick around, you need to know that going forward. You need to know what you know, how many people are you going to have to replace. You're going to have to understand all those things. And then it goes back to the policy. I, I don't know what the correct uh, distribution of staffing for a particular call is, but those dispatchers sure do. And so how can I possibly write a new policy if I don't involve them in that, in that process? We, as soon as we knew that we had the commitment of the of the again the the, the city the city managers uh, or the town managers in, in their certain places and all this, the the eight chiefs because we had four police chiefs and four fire chiefs to get involved, which was a challenge in and of itself. Um, then we we brought everybody and we said, okay, we are going to we're going to we have committed to going through this process. Uh, we think we're going to do this, but you know whether we actually do it or not, it will depend upon these these conversations. So we brought them in early on, and they kind of got excited actually by being part of it and seeing what could be. And once we assured them that we were going to take care of all the employees, their their time and stuff like that, then they got kind of excited about it all. And that's again, that's been twelve years ago, so it's it's worked out pretty good. And and I agree with you bringing them in. Um, when you bring them in, though, and Assure, ensure, assure them that they're going to have a job, uh, because I think that's the scary, the scary thing. But right. as it comes closer, uh, having cross training occurring is pretty important. Um, you know, having your, especially if you're consolidating, bringing on a established dispatch center, 
and you're bringing on a new agency, you know, your established dispatch center, they need to see how that agency is being dispatched for and sending dispatchers back and forth between the agencies really helps make that consolidation go smoother. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the other things that we did uh, to help mitigate that is because dispatchers are very protective of their officers. It's one of the things I love about uh, dispatchers in general. They, they are, you know, they look at them as their personal uh, uh, protection. And so when you have the consolidation, you all of a sudden had uh, dispatchers dispatching for people they'd never met, uh, didn't, didn't know anything about them. And so we were very intentional early on to try to introduce the police officers from, you know, Department A to the dispatchers from City C before they started so they can understand who these people were. They weren't just some voice. They actually had a, and so we, we did some, some events and some activities. We, you know, some, some cop, some, you know, coffee, come meet the cops sort of thing, but on an internal standpoint. So we were very intentional about trying to develop the relationships that exist with between dispatchers and, and police officers. And I think it, it was very, it was helpful in the succession to doing that. That's good. Um, so all of those moving pieces, uh, especially if you're also in the process of building a new center, um, if you have to have new equipment, um, construction projects, how important do you think project management is uh, during a consolidation? Oh, uh, it, it's it's key. There's got to be a central point of of information and a central point of decision making. Uh, while again, in our case, there were eight chiefs, so I had you know uh, eight different people that I had to deal with, but there was only one person who got to speak on behalf of the consolidation, and 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 it was in this case it. Uh, it was me and my lieutenant who were the who the the point people of everything, um, and so when decisions came up, um, you know, I made it when a spent a lot of time getting people's input and getting everything. But ultimately, I had to make a decision what was how things were going to be, and that's what you have to do. And just to your point, managing the equipment, uh, we were very fortunate that we did it in stages to where we consolidated into our our old building, but then about two years after that we actually built a new a new police department and so we were able to build a a, a purposely designed shared uh psap facility um it's where everybody moved into so we had already we had already made the move and so it was just simply moving it to another location and expanding and, and actually providing us the room that we all needed anyway so uh, in that way it became and that was very intentional on our part because that way everybody everybody shares came into the new place on day one. And they, so it wasn't the old place that everybody else had access to. It was the new place we all moved into together, uh, which was very helpful. But having a project manager through the both the personnel and the equipment and, and the move and, and how you shut down one place, bring it over, it, it is critical. You cannot operate a PSAP consolidation with a committee. It just, you have a committee to help, but ultimately, there's got to be a single person who's who's processing all those things and being, as you said, the project manager. It's it's very very key to that. So you you mentioned equipment um, during a consolidation. Uh, equipment can be a factor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, should you take equipment from the one PSAP and 
and try and bring it in because you're expanding. So you had four agencies. Um, when agencies are looking, I mean, we could we could probably talk another hour about this. Uh, <laughs> but when agencies are looking at uh, consolidating, what would your recommendation be if if money is a factor and there's you know there's only so much to make this consolidation happen? Uh, how would you recommend they look at the equipment? Well, it, it, obviously, the first thing is what what can be reused, you know, and reuse as much as possible. What can you uh, combine? You know, unfortunately, we all usually have different versions of different things, uh, different type servers, different ages, different manufacturers, and they don't always are compatible. But that's one of the things that we did originally was figure out. Okay, we. Here, let's put up a list of equipment that all four agencies have, and what can we use together? What can we bring over and and, and share in those expenses, uh, with the understanding that all and that's the other issue. You've got to be look at long term. Okay, so we're going to take a server from Department A and we're going to bring it over. Well, eventually that server is going to go away. Where does that cost lie? Who is when that in two years when that's replaced? Does that cost now borne by the consolidated group or by the by individual? So you just have to make sure you think through the, the longer term implications of that. Um, you know, we actually, as if I didn't have enough pain to go through, made the decision to uh, convert to a new CAD during the middle of the consolidation. So because we had disparate CADs in the cities and we had to be on a single platform and and, and I acquiesced to uh, to change our CAD to this to a new one to accommodate the other three. And so my people were not happy with the fact that they were having to change to accommodate everybody else. So we all had to endure a little pain. But again, it was it was what was had it because we had to operate under one system and also recognizing the financial constraints on each one. We we took a lesser expensive CAD because that's what the group could afford at the time in order to make sure that we could bring everybody together. Ultimately go forward five, six years, we were able to go and purchase a new one that, that was more upgraded and more more uh, uh, appropriate to that size of a, a consolidated group. But we, we did it with both the equipment and the financial things together. We got to look at both things. You can't just say, well, we're the, you know, we're the ones everybody's coming to. So you'll, you'll, you'll take what we give you and you'll like it. Uh, that's a, that's a rep recipe for disaster. If that happens that way. Uh, you've got to be able to give a little bit and work through that. But the 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 equipment is very important. And I know in some places, like we do the same thing, is our local nine one one provider uh, was very happy that we were combining uh, four PSAPs into one uh, because it's a it's a cost savings to them because now they don't have to replace that equipment. So they were actually willing to help us uh, provide some additional equipment that they would have had to provide, but they were looking at it in the long term as well. They were actually going to save money by not having to provide it for four different agencies. And so we were able to upgrade our equipment at this consolidated place uh, because of what their their role as well. So looking for other avenues, other funding avenues, uh, whether it be 911 centers, uh, there's, there's a lot of grants because consolidation is, I think, more people recognizing the value of it and, and uh, you know, there's there are other grants out there to help with this process. Um, it, it, it just you've got to you got to kick every tire, turn over every rock to try to make sure you look at every option to try to make it successful in the long term. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I have to laugh when you were talking about the CAD systems um, and, you know, working with uh, different agencies. Uh, and I, and uh made me happy that you said, you know, we acquiesced, that you acquiesced and went to a different CAD system when we opened up our consolidation. So I was hired late in, in the whole process. We were um, scheduled to go live with the consolidation of the new agencies in December. And my first day was in November. So a lot of the things, except for hiring and policies, a lot of the equipment was already decided on. And they had decided that the fire department didn't like the CAD system that the law was using. And the law didn't want to give up the CAD system that they were using. So they decided they were going to have two CAD systems. Mm. Um, wow. and so that was difficult for the dispatchers. Yes, you know, I bet. Um, 911, what is the address of your emergency? You know, so they made the decision they'd start on this CAD and the CADs didn't talk to each other. Uh, and that went on for years till we finally decided, you know, I was able to convince that we were getting delays in dispatch because yeah, the dispatchers would start, they'd ask those first two questions. What's the address? What's your phone number? Tell me exactly what happened. Oh, wrong CAD. Now you have to re-enter all that information into the other CAD. Um, that's so I would never recommend that. No, <laughs> For anybody that, watching that's... our podcast, don't no. do it. No, it's got to be. And again, that goes back to thinking about the, the, the dispatchers. Ultimately, whatever else happens is all, you know, politics and policy, and everything else. But the actual when that call, when that phone rings, how is a dispatcher going to uh, safely and quickly dispatch police, fire, EMS? And how do you make them more efficient? And that, that every decision should be geared towards making their job as easy as it possibly can be. And once you once you take your ego out of it uh, and focus on the employees and the delivery of service, the decisions become a lot simpler, frankly, because you look at it from the standpoint of, of what is best for the organization, best for the individual employee. Um, yeah, thank you. That's really good information. Uh, one of the things I want to kind of go back a little bit, talking about project management, you said uh, that you talk to the stakeholders. So when we start on a project, any any kind of a project, you know, we always start with the end in mind. How would you tell people to pick the end? Um, like, how should they kind of forecast when they can get this consolidation done. I mean, that's, that's kind of a hard moving date. How do they, how would they do that? I, I, well, I, you're right. It, it is a hard moving date, I, but you know, we, uh, we set about saying, okay, um, look in broad terms. Uh, we think it's going to take us about, you know, two months to do this, four months to do this, six months to do this and came up with a, when we went to talk to everybody, they're asking, well, when can we do this? And, you know, my feeling was, I think my the comment was, I think we can accomplish everything that we need done in 24 months. Um, and that was just kind of, there's nothing magical about that. Uh, that, that was just more of a, I'll say, a, you know, spit in the wind, hope, hope you hit it right. Uh, it, it was based on, you know, I, I, you went through and said, okay, how long does it take to move equipment? How long does it take to, 
to do process people, how long to do all stuff, and you come up with a with a benchmark idea. But the biggest thing, to your point, is understanding what you want to accomplish. That has to be decided first. You do have to start with the end in mind. What What do you want out of this? Do you want a a uh, you know? In some places down here in Texas, there's a different police and fire uh, dispatch centers. Uh, and the, that's not us. We're all combined. Uh, but do you want to have it all together? Do you do you want to physically have it in one room? What about call takers and dispatchers? You can have them separately. So you almost have to design what you want and then build into that because that will help you decide how how much time it's going to take to accomplish all the things you need to do. So when we started, we went, we went, sat down all the chiefs and said, okay, we want to do this. Here's what we want it to look like. Here's how we think it should be. And we coalesced around a a concept and then we then built the timeline based on accomplishing that concept and so when i went to the decision makers the city managers the city councils i had a timeline a rough timeline based on well that's going to happen because some of that also factors into uh, financial constraints uh, because you know if, if there is a monetary cost on anything well we all know budgets we've got to make sure they align with the the new budget years and uh, the new money coming available and stuff like that. So right. uh, there's a lot of moving parts that come into that schedule, uh, but you are right. Uh, I think it's very critical to have the end goal in mind. The other thing that does too is to go full circle back to the employees, which I, I, I tend to focus a lot on is that gives them some, some concrete stability. They know when it's supposed to happen, give or take. Uh, and they, they don't have to, there's no fretting over it. It's, you know, it's going to happen in, 24 months or 18 months, whatever the time frame is. And so they have a unknowns are what drive employees crazy. In my opinion, they don't like uh, to not know what's going to happen. Once you tell them, once you give them a time frame, once you explain to them, they'll get good with it. Even if they don't like it, they'll, they'll, they'll be okay. They'll, they'll understand it and move forward. Uh, but not knowing is critical to that. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a key component is to have a plan, but know what you want to accomplish. It doesn't have to be exact. Uh, we change a lot of things uh, between our concept and our reality, but the 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 baseline of the whole organization was about was about what we originally designed. In fact, I was very proud when we did the uh, financial components of it. Uh, we we presented to the to the chiefs. This is what we think it's going to be. This is how much money we think we're going to save. This is how much the people. We did all these calculations, and we missed it by three percent. Uh, when we did it. So I was really proud of the analysis we did. So, um, so anyway, so it can be done. Yeah. And, um, being able to, I think the, the best consolidations are when you can say, ah, we're going to build a new building or we're going to put the dispatch center in that building. We're going to, you know, build it up and redo it from scratch and, you know, on, on, on this day, you get to move into your new building and, hey, by the way, um, what color would you like the floor? What color would you like the, you know, and, and really involve the staff in those choices. Um, yep. That's really nice because that's less invasive to their, to their area. Uh, but, you know, people can't always do that. Right. And again, as I mentioned in ours, we were fortunate as we, everybody came over to our old building. And so we had almost a two, two cycle. Uh, the first cycle was just coming together. But then to your point is when we were designing our new facility, 
they all got a hand in, in selecting things like carpet color and wall color and design and furniture. And uh, we actually took them to a furniture store and said, this is what it's going to have. What do you want on these things? And so they, they were very instrumental in all. And they, again, even having said that, we designed it a certain way and it's been operating that way for about 10 years. And just last year, we made a pretty significant decision because they said it wasn't working as they thought. And we spent quite a bit of money to reorient the whole, the entire dispatch center to a more functional way. And, and, and they are so happy and it was painful and it was, it wasn't cheap, but again, I can't afford to have dispatchers not, I won't say happy, but at least content with their, their working environment because they're in there so much. Uh, and, and we've got to make sure we meet their needs because they, we ask so, we ask so much of dispatchers. Right. And I, and I really want to point that out to any of the stakeholders that we might have listening. Um, as I said, the one dispatch center that I was in, I, I got there late. Um, I was hired late in the, in the game. If you're going to hire a, a director, they should be hired really early on in the yes. process. Um, but I wasn't. And that's okay. We, you know, we may do, but the, the design of the, and the flow of the center was uh, really quite dysfunctional. Um, and so we were not even a month into the operations, into the, into live dispatching and the dispatchers are like, fix it, fix it, fix it. Yeah. And um, I said, well, I don't know. Um, our budget is, you know, we were shoestring in those early days. And they said, Sherry, can we have a bake sale <laughs> to get enough money? And I'm like, I'm going to take that to our board. So I took it to our authority board and I said, uh, gentlemen, our dispatchers would like to have a bake sale so that we can buy another council and, you know, set the dispatch center up right. And they were like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that. And we had enough money. They were, it was really an awesome authority board. Um, they were very um, open, you know, and then they understood yeah. uh, what we needed. So for That's any stakeholders funny. that we have here, uh, listen to your dispatchers. I mean, sometimes I know sitting in that room for eight, 10, 12 hours, we can get a little whiny, but um not always. Sometimes we have really yeah. good, good thoughts, but. And even, even um, when they're whining, sometimes they're good ideas. So. That's, that's <laughs> so true. That's true. Um, well, um, I mean, we could, we could literally go on another hour. Um, but um, I just want to touch on one more thing before we close today. Uh, and that's the whole issue of technology uh, you talked about your your phone provider, but with next generation nine one one and uh, fiber coming in to the phones and just all of the technology that that is coming, you know, uh, do you want a bricks and mortar piece app? I mean, when you when you talk about what you want when you're talking about regionalization or or uh, consolidation, you know, where's your backup piece app going to be? These are all topics that should be discussed in those very early days. Um, how do you think PSAP personnel, stakeholders can best address the technology needs and be aware of it, both current and future, when they're 
when they're trying to talk about a, a new agency, a consolidation. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I think about the differences between when we started this discussion and now, I guess it'd be 14 years ago and and today and the technology, you know, we, we couldn't even imagine 14 years ago what we are, have now. Uh, and so you you do the best you can based on the predictions and talk to the experts and do do your research and see other places. And, you know, I went to a lot of classes. I, I listened to a lot of really smart people tell me where the future is going to be. And you try to do your best to design around what you think it may be, knowing full well that you're probably, you know, you're you're good for about five or six years. Uh, and then it's going to change again after that. And, and um, you know, to your right, we, we change from uh, hard copper landlines uh, to, you know, microwave and fiber connections. And, you know, we had no provisions for those because fiber didn't exist when we started it. And so you just, you have to try to anticipate from a constructability standpoint, I'll tell you one of the, the key things is is uh, extra piping uh, into your brick and mortar facility. Uh, PVC is cheap. And so, you know, I know I'm, I'm also involved in, in helping some other chiefs in designing their police facility. And I always say is whatever, whatever the requirement is, add two additional pipes into your dispatch center. Empty, just big six inch PVC pipes because at some point in the future, you're going to need to bring some other thing into that into that room, and the least disruptive you can be, the better it is. And so, during construction is the cheapest time to install that PVC pipe. Um, and so, in trying to anticipate those sort of things, uh, you, you you know you like most good dispatch centers raise flooring so that you can uh, you know move the floor out of the way, redo the cabling, and then put it back without having to tear up anything below the structure is really key. That, the, the, so modular furniture so that the modular furniture can be moved and configured in different ways, kind of like what we did is while we had an expense, it really was just a 180 degree orientation flip. Uh, but the furniture itself is modular. So we were able to do that pretty well. And so trying to build in as much flexibility into your technology and into your design as you possibly can will, will help you be successful in the future even know full well that things are going to change and there, th something's going to come up that you couldn't have even anticipated. Um, you know, we, uh, when we built our building, uh, we built a, a antenna array for all the uh, antennas and different things up there. And I candidly thought that the architect had grossly overdone it, that it was huge. It, we didn't need it. It was full on day one uh, with oh. all the stuff that had to go in there. And so we've had to go back. And so I, I just would say, say to anybody, you've got to just, listen to the experts, talk to people who've done it, and then try to uh, build in some some kind of N plus one, so to speak. Uh, if you need, if you have a need of one, have a need, think about adding something else for future growth going forward, because that there's going to be a lot of technology changes. And then the other side of that, a lot of the technology is becoming smaller. And so you may actually pick up more space that you didn't anticipate uh, usually it, it doesn't, it rarely works that way, but it, it does, it does sometimes, uh, to bring stuff in. So it, it's a, it's difficult to do, particularly with the speed by which things are happening. And then that's the last comment I would make is going back to listening to the dispatchers. Everybody wants the highest, the best, greatest technology they saw at the recent show. Uh, and you know, it's CADs are expensive, radios are expensive. And so we're always going to be behind the curve. We're always going to be buying the 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 next uh, the next obsolete thing, 
And so you just have to kind of accept that and do the best you can going forward. Right. Wow. Well, it's been great talking to you today, Jimmy. And uh, thank you for all your advice. You bet. Glad, glad to help. And uh, I, again, I believe in consolidation. I believe it is the future of, of dispatching around the country because we are not get, gaining our staffing like we need to. Uh, we've got to look at different ways of doing things and, and having these uh, uh, repeating sort of agencies all over the place is just not efficient. Uh, and I think we we as policing should do a better job of, of taking care of our taxpayers' money. And I believe consolidation is a big part of that. So I'm I'm glad to help. Uh, whatever I can do for anybody that needs any help, be glad to, re glad to do that for them. That's great. All right. That'll do it for us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, be sure to check out our other podcasts that we have available. And uh, everyone out there, be safe. Have a great day. Oh, my God.